KMUN Astoria, KTCB Tillamook, streaming at coastradio.org, and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. It's 9.29 and some seconds, and that means that it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with my ever-fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning. Morning, apron, whatever. I'm so sorry I laughed at you. <laughs> I wish that my like go-to like thing was politeness, <laughs> but apparently it's not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was laugh-worthy. It's okay. Oh. I couldn't talk. I just oh. couldn't talk. <laughs> and that is, uh, as it turns out, uh, not such a great thing on the radio. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. I think I'm okay now. And I'm uh I, I already have complimented you. You are like that that is a stunning co- color combination. It's uh sort of a pumpkin orange uh apron over a beautiful forest sort of olive uh shirt. It's really nice. It's Thanks. very autumn. It is. It's it's not the right time of year. And you're so springy. She's got flowers on her on her blouse <laughs> and a, and a light colored jacket. It's like yeah, I I think that I just didn't really think when I left the house what time of year it was. You look you look fabulous and I think between us we represent the entire year. Yes, so there you go. Yes. There you Both equinoxes. And isn't it Important. Yes. <laughs> it's important if we say it's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's just whatever's clean, if you know what I mean. Whatever so. your feet hit when you <laughs> yeah. sling them out of bed. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I shouldn't well, have admitted that. <laughs> hey, we can't be the only ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. N- nothing is um, original. You know, there's too many people on the planet. Yeah. Nothing is yeah. original. So uh, there's got to be at least a couple other people out there. I'm wondering what you've been cooking. Um, let's see. Well, um, I made a, a fruit salad, and I I saw a fruit salad dressing on TV. I was just going to do, like, just a poppy seed thing, you know, like yeah. you always do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, there was one on TV that had, like, regular stuff, lime juice, honey, you know, olive oil, salt and pepper, but it had cilantro and cumin in it. Mm. And I tried that and it was good. I bet it was. I, I had never had cumin with fruit before that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it was good. I didn't use a ton of it, but but it was good. Uh, cumin, if you think of it, it's kind of fruity, you know. Yeah. I, I, th- I it, It's a go-to spice for me. I tend yeah. to use it on everything. I mean, in, in egg scrambles and... Mm-hmm. Um, Anything that's going to go in a tortilla, in um, mixes for meatloaf or stuffed peppers or whatever. Which, by the way, I made stuffed peppers not that long ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's one of those old-fashioned things that I don't think of very often. But, in fact, I make it so seldom I had to ask my husband if he liked them. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they like some too. I'll make them if I'm making cabbage rolls and I have leftover innards, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. just put them in peppers and toss them in the oven. That That's pretty much rather than doing the traditional stuffing them with, you know, sausage kind of stuff. Yeah. I guess I, I do that more. I should make them for real rather than just, you know, kind of by accident. Well, I think that those, um, that stuffing mix can be used for a lot of things. Yeah. So, I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. you could actually make it into a patty and use it as a, you know, like a burger. Yeah. You know how you can get with those multicolored, you know, the the peppers? I'll put them yes. in a, in a um, 
what do you call it, bread pan. Yeah. And then I'll use a, a green one and a yellow one and a red one, and I'll make it look like a stoplight, and I think I'm so clever. <laughs> but nobody ever notices. <laughs> oh, my God. But it looks just like a stoplight. It's the right shape. It's the right colors. <laughs> Well, Don't. you just need to title it. You know, sometimes that's that's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> what would you call that? I don't know. Uh, stop and go. That sounds like it's you got them at a convenience store. You know. Yeah. Also, I've been grilling a lot of turkey tenderloins, and the oh. reason is I discovered something. So. Turkey tenderloins, they're just that part of the turkey breast. I don't want to grill a whole turkey breast. It would take me the better part of a day and a half. They're so big, you know. Yeah. So, And I, I don't want that much meat. But you can buy turkey tenderloins raw at the store. And um, they are about as big as your hand. And they're kind of heart-shaped maybe. And then right down the middle of the heart, like if you draw, draw a line straight down the middle of the heart, there's this this tendon and it's like silver skin and it's always kind of a pain to take it out and then the thing is cut in half right um but i always thought you had to take it out so when i would buy the turkey tenderloins there's a little tab of that tendon right where the heart has its like little part that indents. is it butterflied is that why it's shaped like that um i don't i don't know i don't okay. i just you know there are i haven't seen one Okay. Oh, they're about a pound, and I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Okay. But I don't. I don't know. I derailed the thought about the little tab. Yeah, they could be, but anyway, um, when you take that thing out, it cuts the thing in half, so you have like two turkey sausages, which is fine. But it's it's hard to get that that silver skin out of there. You grab the little bit of the tab of the tendon at the top, and and you cut and you cut and you cut and you cut and you cut, and it just it just takes a long time, and so. Um, uh, the store switched brands, and this brand doesn't leave that little tab at the top, and so I just could not get that silver skin out of there. And I grilled them, and it's not like regular silver skin, like like on beef that just never ever gets tender. You can't tell it's there. All these oh. years I've been cutting that out of there, and it didn't matter at all. I mean, it <laughs> didn't matter at all. So now it's just a really nice like hand-shaped piece of turkey, uh-huh. and it, it's pretty thick, and then you can slice it up a little bit at, at an angle, and you have perfect pieces for for sandwiches. I think that that bee just flew in here. Is it a bee? Yeah. And I feel like I should take it home because... We, you don't have I, any? <laughs> seriously, oh. we had one bee so far, and really? we have every, we have planted so many things for bees in our yard specifically for bees we used to have swarms of bees i mean we're the people who don't mow the lawn as long as the dandelions are blooming oh and we had one we've had one bee i feel like i should take this one home he's your bee buddy (laughs) we have those um bald-faced hornets so oh. they have the white head, you know, yeah. and they are um, so far for us. They're not aggressive, but they're not contact aggressive. Like you don't have to like jostle their hive. They are proximity aggressive. So if you get within 30 feet of their hive, they attack. And we never know where their hive is. It's a different place every year because it blows away in the rain and the wind in the winter, you know, and they build a new one every year. But but um, we have a, a teak, um, old teak. So it's very gray and weathered looking um, patio set, six chairs and a table. And what they do is they come down and they eat the wood off of that to make their nest. It's like the perfect thing for their nest. Yeah. So they chew little lines and then there's little spit marks, little bee spit marks. (laughs) Isn't that funny? And then you just watch them and 
don't swat at any of them because yes. you never know where their nest is. But but yeah, we we've had those the last few years, so there's a lot of those. And um, I don't know if they're pollinators. I just don't know. They must be. I, I think. think that uh, pretty much everything that flies around, uh, flits around the the vegetation of your world is a pollinator no to choice, some extent. But, uh, but yeah. some are more efficient than others. And yeah. I worry about bees, like you worry about vanilla. I worry about honey. Oh, because we're yeah. uh, we are bee, um, you know, bees are endangered yeah. anymore across the country and maybe across the world i don't know but that means that honey is going to be very very dear have you ever seen that documentary on that section of china that has no bees but they grow pears and so yes it's so interesting so there are absolutely no pollinators left they've poisoned them all Uh. and it's a big section of china and so what they they do is they hire people just masses of people and they have paintbrushes and they hand pollinate these pear trees blossom by blossom by blossom by blossom by blossom wow and it, it's it's insane. Yeah, it is. But that's uh, the future. The price we pay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was my distraction of the bee that flew in the air room. I think he left. <laughs> he did. Good. <laughs> he didn't did not want to be on the radio, and he certainly didn't want to go home with me. No. So. <laughs> Uh, so I want to ask a question about the turkey tenderloins before we get derailed yet again. Yeah. Um, d- what are you doing to, I mean, turkey in general is pretty much a, a blank palette. Yeah. So what are you doing? Okay, so the thing that I do most with them is um, grill them, and I use them for two things, just eaten and then sandwiches. So what I do is I take the tenderloin, and I no longer take the tendon out, <laughs> and I um, use olive oil, salt, and pepper, to cover it. I, I don't oil my grill. I oil the meat that I put on the grill and I have a lot more success with that. And then um, I uh, chop up or I oh, or I always have basil um, that I've chopped up fine in my food processor and then in a little bit of olive oil in my uh, freezer. So I take a hunk of that and I thaw it out. And so um, I, I put a decent amount of basil on there. It's not completely covered, but I'd say a third of it is covered. So it's going to definitely have basil flavor because I like that. Sometimes um, I, I use a little thyme and a little rosemary too, and then sometimes garlic, sometimes not, but always basil, oil, salt, and pepper. And so then um, I heat my grill hot because I like the flavor of grilling and I like the flavor of that caramelization where the grill marks are. So I got my grill going pretty dang hot and I put the turkey down and it takes about uh, three minutes and then I I spin it 90 degrees so I'm going to have a pretty cross hatch on the top and then um, and I I don't crowd my grill I I spin it so that it is in a different place when um, it's 90 degrees so that the grill will be very hot right there and then um, after about three minutes I flip it over and then it'll usually take about five minutes and it just depends on your grill of course but I go for about 158 160 degrees in the middle which is less than the government says 165 but I think it's dry at 165 it it, I have found that it's no longer raw turkey-ish at 148, 150. And so I just go up to, yeah, uh-huh. about 158. And, and that for me is good. It stays really moist. And then I will either, um, oh, always when I make turkey, pretty much without exception, I'm going to get some sweet onions, some Vidalia onions or sweet Spanish onions, cut them into thick slabs. And then that same whatever I'm putting on the turkey, I put on them oil, salt, and pepper, and whatever herbs. And then I grill those 
at the front of the grill, which is the, the least hot part of my grill. And so um, same thing. I just get grill marks on both sides so that they're, they're pretty, you know, cooked and tender. I really like that. And so then either I will just serve the turkey tenderloin with onions on top as a meal, or I will um, slice them up and, and cut the onions a little bit so they're not so long and hard to chew. And then I'll, I'll put them on a bun. And on the bun, I will mix the herb mixture into mayonnaise, so I have an herb mayonnaise that matches it. And I'll, I'll have just the bun, and usually I toast the bun, and then the herb mayonnaise, and then the turkey and the onions. And that is really good. That sounds fabulous. I do exactly the same thing with pork tenderloin, too. And um, it's also a very, very good sandwich. But that, that turkey, I don't know, I just really like turkey. And it's, uh-huh. it's my favorite way to have turkey. It sounds really good. Thank you. Sounds like lunch. yeah i I mean i've got one in the fridge and you know i'll I'll make them and then i just keep them in the fridge um pretty much all week long it's you know it lasts a long time but um, i'll make or rather i'll I'll make enough for a week if that makes sense yeah it makes total sense (laughs) hey i have a a tip that was shared with us oh really and i don't think that we've talked about this on the radio but it's not like i actually uh, listen to the show. Even, uh, certainly, <laughs> no. I never listen to it after the fact, and I barely listen to it as we're <laughs> no. doing it. So <laughs> I'm not sure, but I don't think that we have uh, shared this tip that I got from uh, uh, my friend Jan Mitchell. I love her. I do, too. Uh, a lot of us do. <laughs> and uh, she knows a lot about cooking and food. Uh, but she, and I'm not sure where she got this tip. She did tell me that she discovered it from somewhere. Uh, it, it was a tip about uh, making lemon pie. And the the suggestion is to dust both sides of your pie pastry, the bottom crust, because if you're making lemon meringue, you're not going to have a top crust. Okay. Uh, but uh, both sides of your pie pastry with graham cracker crumbs. Oh, really? And then put it in the pie pan, and the graham cracker crumbs uh, absorb the moisture from the lemon filling. And they, like, protect the crust? Uh-huh. So really? And they would taste a, good? Yeah, they would taste great. What I a think great it's a, idea. Yeah, I know. I think it is, too. So thanks, Jen. I've never heard of that. No, me either. I've heard of, you know, brushing it with egg white or something. But yeah. no, that's great. And I'll try that. Yeah. And I'm not totally sold on the whole egg white thing. Heaven knows I've done a lot of it. Yeah. But quite frankly, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Uh, it, it just is another, another whole step. And I think that the results are dubious in mm-hmm. terms of I uh, think you're right. wasting the egg white <laughs> <laughs> and time <laughs> yeah yeah and that so yeah but I, I like this whole idea of gra- graham cracker crumbs I think it's kind of perfect especially with um, a pudding like filling mm-hmm. that tends to want to sog out the crust so. I remember I think it was Papa Hayden's was the first time I ever had a like a banana cream pie or a coconut cream pie where they brushed chocolate on and, and yeah I'll accept that as a method <laughs> That's a great method. Yeah, yeah. And that was really good. Yeah, I bet it was. Holy cow. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. What's you been cooking? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. She, oh, wait. she goes, oh, wait, and looks at the clock. You can't You can't see us, but there you go. <laughs> we'll tell you about the bee and also, uh, oh, wait, because uh, when we consult the clock, we realize it's time to remind you that you're listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, and that Food Talk is a co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. Um, so... 
I know we have a an herb uh, an herb an ethnic uh, cooking class coming up at the Food Web. Oh, really? So, uh, for folks who are interested in cooking classes, I would um, encourage you to just go to northcoastfoodweb.org and um, see if there's anything on the calendar there that uh, uh, trips your trigger. Uh, at the on the last Wednesday of each month, Pat Milliman from uh, the spice shop does an ethnic cooking class and um so there's five different ethnicities that get repeated one time during okay. the course of the year and i don't know what it is coming up last month was vietnamese Nom. yeah so they're all delicious and um i go in the next morning uh, for to set up for egg day and the whole kitchen just smells so <laughs> good because of all the um, spices and herbs that get used for that fabulous cooking. So anyway, uh, if you're interested in cooking classes, uh, you know where to look, northcoastfoodweb.org. Yeah. I have been cooking, um, you know, I'm on a, t- uh, wrapping everything in a tortilla binge because I I have discovered that um, it's a really delicious way to deal with leftovers Mm -hmm. and I'm not really um, the leftover queen. I think I may have mentioned that. (laughs) Uh, I never take a to-go box from a restaurant. I never finish what I'm eating and I never take a to-go box because I'm not gonna although you know we both know Dulcie Taylor and I probably should just take one and drop it off on her (laughs) front porch because she is the leftover queen but um anyway I'm really bad about it but but if I'm cooking at home and I have leftovers I I don't want to waste them and so um I have used lately leftover barbecue brisket for um fajitas I've used leftover uh last night Tom got soft chicken tacos because we had roast chicken recently, and that's there was some left over. I, I I may have been making breakfast tacos. I'm just like right on. I'm tacoing out, and and uh, so far my husband, who is the victim of all of the my victim. obsessions, <laughs> has not said please stop. <laughs> so. Anyway, and the other thing I'm on a mission uh, for is to use up my frozen strawberries from last year because it's going to be strawberry season really soon, and I need to liberate the bags and the space. Yeah, that's, I think, like the first week of June. That's coming up. Yeah, it's no time. So I've been... uh, I can't wait. (laughs) I love strawberry pie. Oh, wow. Strawberry pie, yeah. yeah. No kidding. Creme patisserie. Yes. Not me. Hey, I was going to ask you how you feel about cauliflower. And specifically, here, here's why. There's a soup I make that I like. It's just like a, a Tuscan potato sausage kale soup. And recently, instead of doing potatoes, I did cauliflower. And it was good. I bet it was. I love cauliflower. Yeah, and, and then soup. it was just really low carb, you know. Uh-huh. And so um, the cauliflower rice that you can even buy, you know, where the cauliflower is mm-hmm. chopped super, super little, sometimes... Um, I don't know. I think there's just not enough texture for me. But if I chop it up, I like it. And so um, there's a salad I make. It's a shrimp and orzo salad. So oh, yeah. It's it's real simple. It's just got shrimp and... Like uh, pink shrimp? Uh, the big ones. You, oh, you roast more like them. prawns. Yeah. 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 Like, like maybe like, you know, 30 counts, 20 counts, someplace right. in there. And then, um, uh, so just orzo, boil it up, get it cold, 
olive oil, lemon juice, salt and pepper, and a, and a, a good amount of fresh dill, fresh parsley, and scallions. So um, nothing fancy, feta cheese, nothing fancy, but it's good. And I was wondering, do you think it would be successful to replace the orzo with cauliflower? Do you think it would be too mushy? Um, I don't think it would be too mushy. I mean, you have control over how long you're going to cook it. That's true. I could but, just uh, I essentially mean, I think it would be it. delicious, actually. Yeah. I think it would be totally delicious. I think I'm going to try. Yeah. You know how, like, when you make stuff with shrimp and you're like, I have $20 invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mess around. I mean, that's stupid. Well, but I think I'm going to try. No, I, I think that that's uh, – I, actually, I think that's a bona fide concern. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to, like, ruin – a whole, yeah. uh, something that you bought that was really expensive and you knew that it, the the potential was to be fabulous yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you decided yeah. to make it mediocre. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I think, um, I, I don't know, I'm a big fan of cauliflower. I like it in a variety mm-hmm. of different ways. You can have cauliflower rice. I don't care. I would never miss it. I don't, that's not to me the, the way that I would. Uh, What's delicious about cauliflower? Um, no, no. I mean, the, you, the cauliflower rice doesn't display what's delicious no, no, about no, cauliflower. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And I also it, like, don't, I don't it. even really care for the texture of it all that much. Yeah. I don't know. I it I, I would just rather have real rice, actually. Yeah. But um, but I love cauliflower like steaks, mm-hmm. uh, grilled or, f- yep. or uh, fried, and um, just steamed cauliflower. Love it. Yeah. Lots of butter. So. Um, what do you think I was going to say? Wow, that's amazing. Mid-sentence, gone. <laughs> okay, now you talk. <laughs> well, oh you know, there's gosh. starting to be so much local produce. I mean, yeah. we are at the very front end of uh, harvest season, but every week yeah. there's more and more. So I notice, uh, and I notice specifically on Egg Day at the Food Web, which is every Thursday from 9 to 4, um, where our local producers bring in whatever it is they want to bring. And it used to be just eggs, but now it's turned into this big thing. Um, it's almost we, like a mini farmer's market. It is. It's like a farm stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very nice. And and um, it is uh, for, selfishly a great place for me to get something that just came out of the dirt you know what yeah, i mean it's yeah. just they got picked that morning and it got washed and it got brought and um and so we're starting to see more than just lettuce now beautiful mixed greens and um, microgreens and so i'm on a salad binge a green salad binge you know and i just uh throw everything in the fridge that looks yep. likely I'm and then the, the whole uh the only the only um adventurous part is is salad dressing you know you I mean you can make it different every day if you want to mm-hmm. so uh, last night I made a, a salad dressing with red wine vinegar some really good olive oil a little cumin a oh. little salt and pepper uh, a pinch of garlic powder and uh, a little bit of mustard for an emulsifier a little um, it was whole grain mustard not Dij- Dijon and a, a spoonful of 
uh, Strabanero Jam. See, that's the thing that you do that you like once a year, not not knowing it, remind me of just that jam is so good in salad dressing it's when you're making so salad dressing. You don't have to make it a jam salad dressing. It doesn't have to be gobs of blueberry jam, but just a little bit or a lot, either one. But, you know, they're different, but just a little bit. It's so delicious. It's so delicious. And that Strabanero, which yeah. now is called a strawberry habanero, I think, because uh, apparently they got some market research done. <laughs> and people couldn't get it. <laughs> and the researcher was like, oh, that's way too complicated. And so I anyway. love that name, Strabanero. I do too. Yeah. Anyway, um, I love that jam. And um, the other thing I love about putting a little jam in the salad dressing is that there is something so liberating about scraping the bottom of the jam jar out and then washing it and either reusing it or recycling it. It's like getting a condiment out of my fridge yeah. is like an archaeological Life goal. Yes. It's success. I feel I feel like taking a victory lap when I finally empty a, a thing of jam and I have an entire shelf at one of my do uh, doors. But seriously when you're making salad dressing you get your your acid and your oil and your, your spices and your, and your aromatics and then very often it's just too much and you temper it with just a little bit of sugar and if instead you temper it with just a little bit of jam it just adds a whole nother level of flavor and it's better and that's the thing that I can't keep in my brain and so Marianne reminds me once a year without knowing <laughs> it because she mentioned something that she makes and and um, it's just so much better than just sticking a little honey or a little yeah. Um, and pretty soon we're not going to be able to afford honey, or else there won't even be any. Aww. So jam, I'm saying jam. Um, well, yeah. that was a sad way to end that. Hey, listen. The other <laughs> thing is, real, you know, though. a little <laughs> splash of uh, like I, I added a little splash of uh, apple juice. Oh yeah. Yeah. So huh. I, I never know. have that though. That's a different way to. Make it a little bit sweet as if you have fruit juice in mm -hmm. the fridge. Just a little dollop of that is good, too. Anyway, um, salad dressing, I love it in small quantities so I can make new ones. And yeah. um, I like having that. And I love having fresh greens, fresh, uh, there's cucumbers. And uh, I don't know, there's just so much good stuff right now. It's exciting. <laughs> and I heard through the grapevine, very uh, reliable grapevine, <laughs> Chef Andy Catalano tells me that uh, Spring Up Farm has zucchini already. Really? Yes. That's amazing. I know. They're a miracle. Anyway, um, that Kelly is a miracle. They always have stuff early, though. Uh -huh, they're, they're gorgeous. Really, yeah, they're really good about having stuff over a great expanse of time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that is really a harbinger now. That's not greens anymore. That's, I mean, yes, it's green, but <laughs> it's a bona fide veg, like chew this veg, you know, like cook this veg. So I love zucchini. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm very excited. And then we will soon be into berry season and we'll have uh, <laughs> things to be rapturous about. Oh, my gosh. Berries and stone fruit. Yeah. And melon. <laughs> and I know melon is not really local. I know that. <laughs> I, yeah, but it's Hermiston, like coffee. that's not that far. <laughs> it's no, it's in this state. It counts. Yeah, you know? no, I know. And and by supermarket standards, it could be like in this half of the United States, and it would still be <laughs> <laughs> local. So yes, I know it's. Uh, and also, I am uh, gratified because, as you know, I have a bad attitude about seedless uh, watermelon and. Last year, there were seeded watermelons from Hermiston. Do, 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 do. Somebody 
somebody, I don't know, heard the crying and moaning about it. <laughs> maybe there were enough of us that they decided to do. Or or maybe they're just cashing in on the whole heirloom. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you know. well, and they're better. They're so much better. But it's so funny that that they're called seeded now. They're not watermelons. I, you I know, know. that the 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 baseline is seedless now, which is really something. Yeah, yeah. I, now we have to describe the old kind. <laughs> my mom um, grew up in Illinois, and she says that you know there's a lot of watermelon grown there, and that because there was so much grown there, they would just eat that center part that's seedless. You know that that middle tube. It's it's not very big, but um they would just leave to rot all the parts that had seeds. Just eat the heart. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What a luxury. <laughs> I know, I know. That what a is, waste. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, that's There that's must what have they been uh, plenty of uh, birds and stuff that thought that was the appropriate way to eat watermelon. Yeah. If you, you find all of that laying around in yeah. the fields. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, I'm just trying to think what I'm going to fix for dinner tonight. Oh, I'm not fixing dinner tonight. Really? Yeah. Do you have regular nights of the week where you don't, where you know you're not going to cook? Do you mean like going out for Pizza Tuesday type thing? <laughs> well, I guess that could be one yeah. too, or you know that one of the two of you is not home, and so. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Mostly, it's just like we will generally Tuesday go out. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or just uh, some reliable night. I my husband plays uh, competition pool, so on his pool nights, you know, he's having a burger and a beer at a bar somewhere, whatever bar has a pool table that they're at this month, you know, this mm-hmm. week, and so um, I, I don't have I I don't I say I don't have to cook like. It's a big chore. I enjoy cooking, but it is that night when I don't cook. Yep. So I have no plan. Make something for yourself and wrap it in a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I will do. Do you ever make tortillas? Um, you know what? I made tortillas with you once, I remember. Yes. And we had three tortilla presses, and we broke two of them. I know. And so that well, was, uh, I, know. I know. And um. That was just a harbinger. <laughs> yes. And also, I think that uh, when I see uh, folks who actually make tortillas by the dozen, mm-hmm. they're not using those little um, metal uh, tortilla presses that you buy for 10 bucks or whatever on any shelf anywhere. They're using like the wooden, um, the big heavy duty. You know, that's true. I, I haven't thought of it, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that was part of it. I don't think it was all that we were, uh, it, it wasn't all on us, uh, <laughs> but also it, they weren't great tortillas. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I would need to have yeah. a tutorial. Yeah. I, yes. I, I'm just, I make bread, but, um, but not tortillas and, yeah. um, corn or flour. I just don't, I don't know why. I just don't know how to make them good. Yeah. And not just pasty. Yeah. And the other thing is we're lucky to live in a place where there are a lot of people making tortillas. So it's not like we can't find a good tortilla. We can. I uh, have to say it's almost 10 o'clock. I hate that clock. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just take all the clocks away and we'll just wing it. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be fun. It's the fourth hour you'll never get back. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to tell you, though, that coming up... Uh, at one minute after the hour, NPR News headlines, and then John Stevens is, is in the house. I saw him. 
He's I saw him too. He's, he's got there. shorts on. He's optimistic. What? <laughs> he's going to bring you a couple hours of Lost Highways. So do not go anywhere. Thanks for listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook 89.5 FM, and streaming at coastradio.org. Linda Perkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne Myers. <laughs>